Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and it looks like we've made it two for two. No promises there for that, but uh, we got the whole gang back together here. I am joined by Tom and Jenny. Guys, uh, how you doing? Doing good. It's Friday. Can't can't yeah, yep. get can't, can't get much better than that. Oh yeah, I uh, took one more step towards the grave this week. So, <laughs> yay to me! <laughs> yes, happy birthday, Mark. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Unless more- they invent something to live forever in the future. Um, one more then, trip around the sun, right? One more trip yeah, around yeah. the sun. That's the way to think about it. Um, I've been training for my post-life stuff in a video game I will be talking about soon. Um, so anyway, guys, uh, we made it to July. We're almost to when Madden comes down from his mountain and announces video games are back. Um, so let's get into uh, what you guys been playing. Uh, let's start with Tom. Pretty much the same as last time. It's 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 like like I said, it's difficult to uh, to game with an infant these days. But uh, I'm still playing the TMNT, the new TMNT game. I've gotten probably about halfway to three quarters of the way through. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's going to be interesting to compare and contrast that with our game this week. Um, but yeah, I I still find that may, maybe I'm just a noob and Donatello is just an e- is easy mode but in all of these games i always pick donatello because he's got the longest reach and i don't know if that's me like not getting good or if it's just the it's just the way it is <laughs> i don't know uh yeah. i feel the same way tom yeah. <laughs> about donatello <laughs> i feel that somebody is better this time because of their special i don't know if it's mikey or raff well raff is he's super i like he he's super close range because his weapons are tiny, but I don't know. I don't know what I haven't tried him yet, so I don't know what his super looks like. Yeah, that's something to do with one of their supers or one of their things they get later. One of the short range guys becomes like pretty powerful later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously April O'Neil is basically female Donatello in, in terms of reach and stuff because she swings a camera around. Um, yeah. And then I haven't gotten to Casey Jones, so I don't know if he's just like poopy or anything. I would imagine um, since he's unlockable, he's probably OP. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that game is fantastic. We played it on stream, um, you know, uh, me and Jonathan, and we got about halfway through. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm wondering, Tom, would is this a game you would be willing to go back through again with the other characters if it's like the one game you play or something? Probably, just because of all of the collectible stuff and the fact that you level your character up. Uh, yeah, that, I would, I would probably go back through with at least probably at least one other character. I don't know if I would do all of them, but yeah. it's it's a cer- certainly a possibility, especially since this game is so easy to pick up and play and come back to. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I would, yeah, I would say I would probably go back through it with at least one character and possibly another one. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Things could change tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just be like, yeah, I'll it with all four turtles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. me and Jonathan got the sickness together where we made sure we got all the collectibles and double-checked each time. Every nice. time we went through the level, he went back and was like, okay, three or three, we're good, let's move on. <laughs> Did um, I don't know if this is a multiplayer bug, Tom, because I I've, I've, haven't noticed it single-player. I'm wondering if someone that's played exclusively single-player. Um, have you noticed anything where you needed to restart levels because you can't see your turtle or the hitboxes don't appear or anything like that? No. 
no, I haven't. I haven't had that happen. It may, it very well may be a, a networked multiplayer thing where yeah. you're in a party or something because it has not happened to me. Yeah, are, are you playing on? Are you playing on PC? Yeah, me and Jonathan, I think we're on PC. Okay. Um, yeah, I was on Xbox, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it either. Yeah, yeah, because we got to one boss fight and I was beating up the one boss, and there was supposed to be two. And I'm like, Jonathan, do you see the other one? Yeah, he's right here. And he kept swinging, but I couldn't. I, I thought the guy was just invisible, and we had to make him visible. Uh, but here, I just couldn't see him. Um, so about halfway through the fight, I was like, Jonathan, I'm just a healer. I, <laughs> I can't make damage. If you go down, I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll come raise you up. That is an interesting thing that they added to this, is that there's healing. Yeah. Because uh, that is not a thing in, in many brawlers from the mm-hmm. 90s. Yeah, I, I do love that it's a piece of pizza. That he waves in yeah, front of the, of the turtles. Of course it is. Face. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> of course, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's from a perspective. It's like a cool instead of just having a guy stand there, right? And heal. They're actually doing an animation. Is what I found pretty cool. Um, yeah. So um, something else I did this week, I managed to drive every road in Forza Horizon Five. Oh, nice! nice. That's awesome. And it's like five hundred and seventy-eight roads. What? Jesus. Oh my god. <laughs> granted most of them you will drive through just doing races and stuff and it'll that counts like you don't just yeah. have to constantly drive the open world to, to get all the roads mm-hmm. as you're driving through events it will count those too so it's not like i just took a whole day or a month and just drove around the map I, luckily most of it was was done via via races but yeah i i the achievement popped today and i was like oh i didn't even realize i did that Awesome. Yeah, I, I love I love those achievements that pop. It was like um, my one I remember was a trophy in Rocket League when it said you drove twenty five thousand miles. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was. <laughs> well, I guess an I accomplishment. did. Okay, <laughs> nice. Like, did you know that was a goal to do, or? Oh yeah, it's a goal in all in all. Oh, okay, I didn't them. know that. That's why I was in every Forza Horizon. It's been it's been an achievement, and it's one of those super rare achievements because nobody gives a shit enough to do it. But I chose to, not, I chose to to drive around and try to get all of them. It's not um, like uh, now. Do they keep track of it? Like, does the map light up? I played Forts a lot, but I don't like. Have yeah. To so every it. every time we drive on a new road, it will tell you you have X out of five seventy eight. Okay. So it will keep track, and I think you can look it up. Yeah. Because there's like a statistics page in the that menu, but not like but, on the map. It's not like highlighted like a Resident Evil map. Well, so you, I, I'm pretty sure that you can pin it. You can pin stuff like that on okay. your, on your HUD. Uh, but I didn't care to pin it. I yeah. just, as it, as it would come up, that's when I would get to it. Yeah, but uh, I, could, I couldn't imagine. Just there has to be some kind of mechanic, like to be able to keep track of it. Because you did it because you just, you know, it's one of the games you can play with an infant. You know, just driving around. But I couldn't yeah. imagine just like driving around looking for that like last road. That you have well, not been luck- on. Luckily, on the map, the roads you haven't driven on show up gray. Okay, that's what I was looking for. Okay, yeah. So, so <laughs> off-road, off-road roads are red, and regular roads are white. So, if they show up gray, you haven't driven on yet. Okay. Yeah, I was just well, imagining having five hundred and seventy-seven and trying to figure out where the hell that last road is. It's, I mean, it's hard <laughs> enough when you have the map because yeah. it's very difficult to see. You know, because it's such a big map, and you have you have to zoom in so close to be able to see like where the, all the roads are that 
you can very easily not you can very easily look at the map over and over again and, and miss where it is. Yeah, got it. But but yeah, that was that was the the big achievement I got in that game <laughs> today. Uh, and I've been continuing my my uh, my casual playthrough of Final Fantasy VII. I'm working on getting everybody's ultimate weapons and final limit breaks before nice. I go do the last uh, the last dungeon. Yeah, and I've Northern been Crater. the Northern Crater. I just beat Ultima Weapon, Ultimate Ultima Weapon, Ultima Weapon. I always get confused because they call in some games they call the weapon Ultima Weapon. Some games they call it Ultimate Weapon. Well, I think okay. it's Ultima in these games because beat, of the character I, limits. Yeah, I beat Ultimate Weapon to get the Ultima Weapon. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah, because it's character that limits. Very on confusing. It is confusing. <laughs> well, it's because the weapons, which I don't know why they call that one Ultimate Weapon to begin with. Because oh, it's, it's Brian not. Dawkins. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's Randall Cunningham. Never mind. Uh, because it, it, all the other ones are like diamond, sapphire, ruby, emerald, and that one's ultimate weapon, which makes no sense because he's like the easiest one to kill out of all of them. Because yeah, it's, it's Cloud's weapon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Cloud's ultimate weapon is Ultima weapon. It's not confusing at all. I promise. No, no, no you get it. In 2030, when Jen's playing through remake part three, <laughs> she'll she'll get it. So you can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh and also i've been diving like headlong into my my mister it's nice. it's so it's such a cool thing yeah and i know i come on here and talk about it like every week but it's uh it really makes life so much easier because all, all i have to do is flip the thing on it's ready to go in a couple of seconds i can play any game i want from yeah. atari 2600 to ps1 and it's it's awesome. I've been playing through Gran Turismo One for some reason because it's another it it's I guess playing Gran Turismo Seven got me thinking about playing Gran Turismo One. So it's yeah, that uh, was the one I played through three quarters of that game driving a Honda Prelude. <laughs> I yep. think that's the name. Nineteen eighty eight Honda Prelude. <laughs> yeah, like I I I I think the first time I ever played it, I bought like a Mark Three Supra. Yeah. And use that ninety percent of the game because you can upgrade it, yeah, to, to no end, and yeah. and it works in pretty much all of the all of the stuff that's not uh, front wheel drive or four wheel drive. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it, it was fun in that game driving up and you pull up to a race and it's all these supercars and then I pull up in my Honda, like <laughs> non supercar Honda. You're like, hey guys, how you doing? Can I race? Can I race. I got a spoiler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh Grand Turismo one's great. Um but yeah, that's yeah, that's that's pretty I, much it for me. I think than... for the Mr. One that's if we move on the gen. Um to be honest, I think I'm gonna come to the um situation where I think the reason I might end up buying a Mr. is when the PS3 eventually gets on there. Um, that'll never happen. I know. But <laughs> because I'm like, what's the game I would just sit in front of my like TV and want to be able to play that way? You know, and I'm like, well, it's the old college football games. And what my conundrum would be um, is that by the time that does happen, you said never, but it might. Um, not, not for, not on this hardware. It's not happening. Yeah, who knows? Um, it's don't not, crush my it's, dreams, Tom. It's not powerful enough, Mark. I'm Mark sorry. Mark is trying to maintain all, all hope. Don't crush my dreams. Um, I mean, you, you've already got that. I know. I know. 
But my you point have... was being, by the time it would come out, the new game would be out, and I would have a game to play on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, would it be worth it? Yeah, um, I mean, um, but the Mister will. It's just the main, the mere fact that it goes up to PS One and Saturn will be coming soon. It's it's everything I need at this point. Like I don't, I I haven't turned on another console since I pretty much since I got it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't unless it's after PS One. I, I haven't really had a need to turn anything on, which has been awesome. Um, it it saves it saves my my old consoles from dying with yeah, late, late especially especially the cd based ones like sega cd ps1 um and saturn those those lasers are going to die and they've they've found that a lot of disc based stuff has disc rot so that basically means all of the data on the disc gets corrupted over time due to whatever i they they haven't i i don't remember the exact science behind it but the disc itself starts to rot away and then the data gets corrupted and you can't play your game so yikes yeah that's extreme that's why that's why stuff that's why stuff like um optical drive emulators and even this and using hard drives is going to be something i'm looking into very much in the future because i don't want to deal with that that's uh, yeah. sounds like a, a freaking nightmare. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, Jen, what have you been up to? Um, so like Tom said, I've actually been pretty much playing the th- the same games that I talked about last time. Um, for the most part, Phasmophobia. I, I've been playing that a bit more on stream. Getting back into that. That game is, you know, you know, it's always it's always one of my favorite things to play. Um, it's always a good time. No no newness there to report or anything like that. Um, I played a bit of Devour on stream. So Devour has four separate maps. Um, and in case anyone listening doesn't know, it's basically you're in a cult. You're like a cultist that is trying to kill um, people who have been possessed by the devil, Azazel. Um, it's it's kind of convoluted, I guess, as a story. But um, each level, you're trying to beat the next person that Azazel has um, has taken over. So, so it would be the equivalent of his seven X's. Got it. Yes. Okay. Essentially, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. I wonder if they're going to have uh, seven levels. We're we're on four, so you know, never know. But um, are, are they? Is this one uh, same gender as Azazel? No, that, that's well, a Scott Pilgrim joke that I don't know if many people will get. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so it's, it's really fast paced and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of like silly jump scares in it and all that, but there are two specific levels that are really tough to beat. Even if you have a full team, which your best chance of beating this game is to have all four people playing because it's really hard. Um, and our goal on stream was to go through each map without dying and try to beat all four. And the games take about a half hour to 40. 45 minutes depending on you know how you're doing and we actually did it we um yeah we we did all four maps first try and uh we died like some of us died but you could revive in game as long as you all don't team wipe then you don't lose completely so it was really good it was fun it was crazy um but that was good 
Um, and then I've played a bit of more of Ghost Exile, which I can't remember if I talked about that last stream or not, but it's another Phasmo type game. Um, it kind of mixes a few of the different ghost games that I've played, um, like Ghost Hunters Corp, um, Phasmo. There's a slight bit of Devour in it. It's it's a few different things that they're kind of mashing together, but that game is a lot of fun. It's just, there's a lot of parts to it, and it's very much still in early access, very much still being developed and, and fixed. So um, it's kind of a ever-evolving work in pro progress. So if anyone out there is listening and plays it, and you're like, oh man, this feels kind of broken, they know, and they're constantly updating it. So I'm actually really looking forward to seeing how that game shapes because I liked Ghost Hunters Corp and then I kind of fell off of that. But this one's feeling better, a lot better. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, have, have you gotten back into VHS or is that still messed up? I haven't gotten back into VHS, but I did receive a new beta key, which is okay. good. Um, I've kind of, I, I love VHS. I've kind of fallen off, fallen fallen off dbd recently so that whole genre of gaming i've kind of fallen off from i do have to get back into vhs though um they did say that they're working towards bringing it out of early act um out of beta access so once it comes into early access then everyone's levels will be wiped and everyone will be on the same the yeah. same level the same playing field so i do want to get back into that and brush back up on my vhs skills before a lot more people are playing and kick my ass. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you guys want to try for a beta key, I know they're giving out a lot more if you're interested in just, you know, figuring it out. And that goes for the listeners, too. If anyone wants to play, let me know. Yeah, I, uh, I have it in my wish list on Steam for when it actually does come to purchase cool. to maybe try yeah. it out. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. I think if you I know you like Dead by Daylight enough to play it with me. So I yeah. think you would like it even more than I DVD. I think the difference is, and real quick, because we've gone over this multiple times on this mm -hmm. podcast, I think the difference for me between uh, DVD and Phasmo is DVD, DVD feels like more of an objective-based game, despite the fact that there is technically one Phasmo too, but it's not, to me, it's not an active one, you know, and with, with DVD, I'm like, all right, there's, there's generators, I need to go there, I need to do the generator, here's some, you know, there's this thing, I go there, you know. It's not like, oh, let's walk around it. and see where something is. Right. You know? Yeah. The Phasmo is more of like an exploration puzzle yeah. where yeah. DBD is very like, yeah. like you said, I have to repair the generator because if I don't, then we're all going to die. Yeah. Right. It's very clean, clear. Totem, uh, right. You know, right. You have clear objectives. Clear things. And I think that's yeah. why I was drawn more to it. Yeah. Um, and despite, and, and, and our fan fiction that we made. In it. <laughs> yes, of but. course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and getting off of that train just in time for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game to come out. Yeah, soon. yeah, um, we'll have to see how that is too. <laughs> all bubbas all the time. All um, bubbas, jeez. Oops, all um, bubbas. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, is, is that it? Anything? Um, other than those games, uh, just playing Ark, which I talked about a little bit last time, so I won't go into it um that much. But you know, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. I might be talking about it later as well, so we'll see. But yeah, that's pretty much yeah, it for I think, me. Yeah, I think my TNT, uh, my Turtles in Time stream, I think that's where Mayton came in and was just hanging out. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing my arc base. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> there's so much to do in this game. Like, 
I have a list of things that I want to do right now and it's ever evolving and changing and I'm adding things to it. So I'm not going to get bored of this anytime soon. So yeah. I love it. <laughs> Just get all your thing in. So you'd be ready to purchase Vin Diesel's arc too. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Gotta get that. I really hope that's like the title. Um, <laughs> Vin Diesel. Um, so for me, um, which I'll talk a lot about it here, but um, we'll also do a semi thing when we get to our title. Um, I, I play two games, so we'll, or three games. We'll get to the two other ones first. Um, I played through the Turtles game a little bit, and we already talked about that. That game's really good. Um, have fun with Jonathan on stream with it. Um, I love the Scott Pilgrim game. Um, not to bring him up twice. Um, oh, but I, I bought that this week. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim game's really, really good. Do you like River City Ransom? Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Scott Pilgrim game was $5 on, on yeah. the Switch. So I, d I downloaded that. Yeah, yeah, that game's real good. Um, and um, yeah, so I had a lot of fun with that, with the leveling up characters, finding secrets, and has the mixture. Um, I love the idea of a full team pizza. I don't know if that was in the other arcade games, because um, I haven't really played that multiplayer in a long time. Um, I don't believe it was. Yeah, so um, going through that stuff was fun, and um, just the different ways they mix and match the... Um, the villain so um i i did enjoy it uh so but we talked a lot about that already um i played uh, a little bit um because of the nba draft i redownloaded nba 2k 22 played through that a little bit uh downloaded for the xbox and got that sweet uh rush of popping uh achievements in that game because i had played it on ps5 before so the uh win a game ding you know Hit the green marker once. Ding. That's all. Awesome. It's, it's always nice when you, you get achievements for doing nothing. Yeah, yep. it's, it's so good. Just that, just that rush. They used to happen. They used to happen in Master Chief Collection all the time. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, achievements were very broken in that game. So you'd play through a bunch of stuff one time, and then you'd log in the next time, and you'd get like six achievements pop up. You're like, I didn't do any of this. <laughs> this game. I don't know why it's popping up now. But yeah. yeah, it used to happen all the time. <laughs> so yeah, I had that had that uh, rush going um, uh, while playing that. But then I uh, discovered a game that would become my whole life. Um, Neon White. Um, mm -hmm. Saw a lot of people playing it on stream and sort of getting competitive with the times and all. And I'm like, ah, I don't, you know, that's not, you know, time challenge is not really for me um they seem to recommend you know mouse and keyboard and then i downloaded the game and i turned over to the dark side i've been playing mostly mouse and keyboard so as long as games involve just using w and the mouse i'm good i have not gotten anti-dextrous enough to use a s or b that's any that's any shooter mark <laughs> you're you're oh, good any f key the F key as well, because that's the restart key in this game. So I got one finger on W, one finger on F. <laughs> just pick, um, going back and forth. And space bar for jump. Um, so my hand is like in a claw position. That's probably, most people play mouse keyboard just nodding, you know. Mm -hmm. now. Um, but that game is amazing. It's And I'll go into it deeper when we get to our topic. But it's it's that adrenaline of, uh, okay, one more run. I could do better. Okay, yeah, do it again. Do it again. Oh, fuck up. Fuck. Restart. Okay. Got. You know, and just and before you know it, it's like one in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. as you're as you're going through it. Um, 
the story is a little too like stereotypical anime so far. Like uh, they have the um, you know your protagonist you is neon white, and then you have like um, yellow, red, and vi- uh, violet um, are your friends. And I've just got introduced to green, um, who seems to be the antagonist or some kind of maybe villain that might not be a villain or one of those like anime tropes. Um, just an antagonist. Yeah, like he's actually being controlled, or I don't know. I haven't played through it enough, so that's not even a spoiler for anybody that plays. It's just reading from my years of playing anime video games, specifically the Tales series. Um, that that might be what's going on there, and he'll become a party member or something later. Um, but like Violet is like the cutesy anime girl um, that's like really freaky and crazy, <laughs> and then Red is like the sexy vixen. Um, and yellow is your bro. Let's go drink beers, bro. You know, uh, you know, uh, I'll save your life anytime, bro. And he does say bro a lot. Um, (laughs) so, uh, it's, that part makes me laugh. I think yellow might be the one conversation that I don't skip through because it just makes me chuckle because they, they got an aesthetic for him and they just stuck with it. Um, I wonder if that changes, like, as the game goes along, he becomes a little more serious. that's, That's why you like it so much is he sticks to the bit. He sticks it a bit. He's so good. The other ones are so tropey. Um, Jen, you would probably gag immediately with some of the lines from those girls. Probably. Um, yeah. It's just like, oh, this? Uh, it was that. I thought that was dead in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're learning, like, early on, it's not a spoiler, but learning, uh, you're teaching Violet how to shoot, and the, the scene they cut to, because it's not fully animated, but the scene they cut to, is her, like, pointing the gun, but she stuck her butt, so it's, like, in your crotch. <laughs> you know, as she's like, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got you. you know, and it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. I get what you're doing here. Um, but yeah, so, but anyway, that's that's not even the game. Um, the levels are fun, fast paced. Um, I, the only thing I have, I'm still, and this might just be my age thing, maybe, um, is, uh, or maybe just not my, uh, I don't have a history playing with mouse for aim and shoot um, that I'm a little hesitant or maybe not as accurate um, with it. Um, It takes me a long time playing through some levels to sort of cheat a little bit to be ready um, to know where to shoot. Um, So, uh, you know, it takes me a little longer to do some of the shortcuts that involve like jumping, shooting, and then doing all that because I got it. And sometimes it's just hope and pray shot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like literally, even probably the experts, it's probably hope and pray. It's like I have this one frame to get this bullet off and I hope it hits the thing it needs to hit <laughs> or else this entire run's dead. Um, uh, but yeah, um, as I was talking to Tom, my uh, friend's leaderboard is empty. Um, so if anybody has this game out there listening, um, uh, you can contact me on Twitter or DM me. Uh, DMs are open um, oh. at off the mark uh, tweet um, and give me your Steam friend code and all. I'll friend up just to fill up my uh, friends list. So if Tom does get this game, we are Steam friends, by the way, Tom. I checked. Yes, um, I wasn't sure. I was like, I, Jedi asked. I was like, are we Steam friends? <laughs> uh, but uh, so, yeah. So if anybody else wants to get the game, it's like 20 bucks, maybe $25. Um, you know, uh, if you want to, I don't know if you've seen anything on the game, Jen, if you want to check out and see if there's anything down the road. I'm trying to get people to be on their leaderboard. I'm <laughs> not just... I'm uh, I'm interested in checking it out. I don't really know much about it, but I'm yeah. always I'm always down to to give something a try. Yeah, this is yeah. You, 
you'll have fun. It'll be like I know your determination, and I think if you like the gameplay from the first couple of levels, I don't know how to get you to try it mm-hmm. without making you pay twenty five dollars. Yeah, for it. Um, but yeah, I feel like that if you like the the way it feels, your mm-hmm. your competitiveness and um, from Bionic Commando. Oh, or yeah. <laughs> would get you into I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna beat this. Yep. Um that makes sense. Thing. So um yeah, I highly recommend for anyone out there. Um it's a surprise game that uh we saw the trailer at E three or not E or you know, key three. Um so uh and that was the first time I heard of it. And um it's uh Tom, you might know this. I don't know, maybe you do too, too Jen. Um I don't know how much you follow indie games. But the guy that made this game is the guy that made uh, Donut County. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the little gentle, sweet game where you make little donut holes and like whatever that game is. And it's like very cutesy and artsy. And then this is like demonic. You're a person in hell trying to get into heaven by killing demons in heaven. And it's like, whoa, this is, this is a tonal shift. Yeah. Um, went the other direction a little bit. <laughs> the other way. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, they introduced it in the trailers as this is for sickos. You know, <laughs> sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. Um. So yeah, yeah. That's a big thing, and, and I'll get into it uh, a little bit deeper. Um, with my playing uh, when we begin our topic. Um. But yeah, having a lot of fun. Um. I might try some first-person shooters, mouse and keyboard, and see if anything's translated. Um. I have. I'm a lot better when there's not a lot of enemies on screen. Um. So I don't know if that's a me needing to process things. Um, so I don't know how that would work in a first person shooter, but I am getting comfortable. The one thing I did know is I probably need to get a wired mouse or a better wireless mouse. Um, cause I don't know if that's my issue. Cause sometimes the inputs don't work. Um, and also I don't have a whole lot of room on my desk, so I'm constantly hitting my desk with my hand. <laughs> you need <laughs> to turn that. that DPI up, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I took I turned the, the aim assist up, um, just because that's the only part of the game I was struggling with. I didn't see a difference. I think it's just like a liar, the bar. Well, mouse and keyboard, it might be off. No, it, there's an actual thing in the options where if you put it to zero, it's off, but you could put it all the way up. And I put it all the way up, and I'm like, this is doing nothing. That that thing's like a placebo. Yeah, say, yeah, yeah. You like put the aim assist up. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah. That's mainly what I've been playing. Um, I had uh, planned on playing Miles Morales during the vacation, but... Um, Neon White took over everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll get ready to start hearing about Neon White a couple episodes in a row here, um, because there's ten or twelve chapters, and I'm through two. Um, and I've played the game probably over twenty hours because I just keep repeating the levels <laughs> to get the best times. So uh, yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on to the news. Jen, you actually got to pick them this week. I did. Yay. And we have some interesting things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff. Yes. So um, I know at least two of these things you guys will definitely have thoughts on. So I'll go through real quick, like the facts, and then you can yeah. jump in. Yes. Weigh in. So first topic, GameStop is an asshole. That's my title uh, for this one. <laughs> so unfortunately, on Thursday, July 7th, GameStop internally started announcing um, that they were going to be laying off an unknown amount of people, including some from Game Informer. And then they publicly revealed that they had already fired uh, their CFO. 
Um, so their CFO, yeah. Michael Recupero, I'm going to butcher these names just a little, you know, FYI. Um, he is being replaced by Diana Sade Jaye, who was the company's chief accounting officer. Again, apologies, Diana, that I screwed up your name. Um, but more news, you know, hopefully to come on how exactly this is affecting Game Informer, because I believe that's unknown at this moment, unless you know uh, more than me. Yes. Um, if you want an update on that. Sure. Um, uh, they, uh, from what I could tell, they have laid off two editors. Um, okay. It might be more, but it was uh, Wesley LeBlanc, who I believe was the news guy, mm. um, and John Carson, who was one of their newer hires from 20, 2021. Um, okay. So it looks like they did the thing where they chopped off at the bottom. And then they chopped off um, the top. Which, um, I you know. I think they also started laying off people from, what's the clothing store that they own now? Uh, Geek, uh, Geek, the hell was it called? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there's a, there, there was the clothing line that they, the, the stores that they had also that they started laying people off from also. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, so basically, uh, CNBC and Kotaku originally obtained a copy of the internal memo that was sent out. So that's how like this started spreading initially. Um, so basically the CEO from GameStop, Matt Furlong stated in this internal memo, um, quote, we're making a number of reductions to help us keep things simple and operate nimbly with the right talent in place. Um, a load of horse shit. That yes, is. that is the most obnoxious. <laughs> I can't. Uh, and uh, t uh, according to Otaku or Kotaku, excuse me, the layoffs appear to be focused at um, the company's headquarters, which is located in Grapevine, Texas. So I think they're starting there at least. Um and then the memo also mentioned that they are launching new products through their blockchain group. So that's a focus for them. And they're also making, quote, a significant investment in its store employees because they believe that retail stores are important. And, quote, these individuals are, in many respects, the heart of GameStop. And we'll be sharing details regarding this investment in the coming weeks. So that was the internal memo, like chunks of it, um, that obviously someone who received this was like, hell no, this is bullshit, sent it to CNBC and Kotaku, and then yeah. it, you know, became public information. Yeah. Um, did, did you did you mention in that letter, um, sorry, I zoned out shaking my head so hard, <laughs> um, that they uh, had made 600 new corporate hires, and that was how he let off the letter? <laughs> no, I did not mention yeah. that. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Just GameStop. What the fuck? That's yes, what I have to say. Exactly. And also, fuck <laughs> NFTs. Um, and the blockchain. Right. Uh, I, I think it's a weird... It, everyone, I think, knows that they're not doing so hot right now. So why, no. Wait, why Jen, invest? Not, not, Jen, not doing so hot is an extreme understatement. I know, I know. It was sarcasm there. But like, they, why, they why have, are we doing this? Why? They have 100% tanked at this yes. point. Yes. So, yeah. It's, this, my favorite thing about NFTs and crypto and all that stuff is the rare thing of watching on Twitter the guy that played Ryan from the OC just shit on it constantly. <laughs> Benjamin Kenzie's a good follow if you hate crypto. Um, <laughs> it's, it's real good. But yeah, this feels like GameStop is like, oh, you know, that NFT thing is pretty good. Let's get in on it. And like, Right, and nobody checked the news in the last, yeah, like, they, four months or something. Yeah, they look like, they look like um, uh, uh, Donald Glover. Um walking into the the room with the pizzas room on fire yeah and the room's on fire like oh oh <laughs> this is the darkest timeline guys 
Yeah, this is no. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let Tom talk because I, I just want to get one thing out of it. As a guy, as a, okay. someone that was in, you know, um, well, a decade ago or more at this point, um, in the like journalism writing field, I find it kind of offensive that they said the most important thing um, to the brand of the company is the store leaders and not the magazine that's probably the most popular video game magazine in, in the world right now. <laughs> which could, um, you know, if you push that a little bit more, maybe you get some goodwill and stop laying the people off there. Um, uh, and I want to see what you're doing for those, the store employees that seem to be so great. Everyone hates it there. Um, and, <laughs> you know, the, like, the managers, if you're not an asshole, are like, there was a story from some manager that said she, like, cried every day when they were doing layoffs. Jeez. You know, back during 2020 and 2021, because she knew she was safe, yeah. you know, but she'd have to go in and let someone go like almost daily. Yeah, um, and it's just like, no, this, this company doesn't know what it's doing. It it it, it got all that. Uh, um, uh, what's it called? I'll use fake, but there's a better word. Um, you know, uh, influx of stuff from the the meme buying of their stock. Um, and by the way, a lot of those people can go fuck themselves too, um, because they're totally, um, dismissing the fact of people losing their jobs, um, just to keep the meme and the bit going. This is one time when I don't support keeping the bit going. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like this company doesn't know what it's doing. And, um, I'm fine never stepping into a GameStop again. Um, I have a, uh, uh, like a consignment slash, like, like a shop that has a bunch of old games in it that I could just walk in to. I don't have to go into a GameStop because I'm not purchasing any new games there anytime soon. So I don't know. No, I'm yeah, I'm with you, Mark. I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I purchased a game at a GameStop just because I honestly, if I'm going to, I'm going to buy a game, I'll probably buy it on Amazon or Best Buy or so, or something, something else that can deliver it to me in a, a normal amount of time. The only reason I had considered still buying stuff at GameStop was because they started doing the retro stuff, and that is no longer an option. Like you can't, they don't have anything in stock mm. as as it comes to retro. But yeah, it's the whole the whole thing is just shitty, and I I don't I feel bad for the people that that are getting laid off. It's it's not their fault. It's certainly yeah. not their fault. But it's I don't know the it's like they it's like completely tone deaf i guess is the word i'm looking for because they they just you know they they got all this influx of capital from from this stupid meme thing and they thought oh let's fuck around with it and find out (laughs) and they're finding out right now yeah yeah and then you know it's i i think i don't know how if i remember correctly jen i don't know if it's in the story you have in front of you but I think the CFO that they hired, they took away from Amazon um, originally. So I think their original thing was to try to go more digital online stuff mm-hmm. and found out that Amazon and other places do it much, much better. Mm. Um, so that whole thing blew up in their face. And now they're like, oh, brick and mortar. Yeah, yeah. that's what we are. <laughs> yeah, our, our, our associates. Yeah, that's who we've always been behind. Uh, ignore the fact that we've been trying to do all this, you know, online digital sales. For the past right. two years, um, and so yeah, it's it's just sad because 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just from the combination of knowing some people that worked at a GameStop, seeing what they're doing to Game Informer. I feel terrible for the guys that have been at that magazine forever, you know, like Andrew Reiner and all um, there, that, you know, they're never going to fire them because then they'd have to, they would have to hire someone new at that, you know, pay to run the magazine. Um, and they have to say bye to all these kids that probably grew up reading the magazine and now are getting laid off because the parent company is shit. Um, so, yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm just so glad I have more choices now when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Me too. So, moving on to another interesting update. Um, we know by now, I'm sure, that E3 is supposed to be coming back next year. Um, just in case you didn't know, recap, CEO Stanley Pierre-Lewis announced in a press release that they're excited to be bringing back E3 as an in-person event. But the newest update here is that they're partnering with ReadPop to run the actual event, oh, which yeah. as of now is going to be taking place the first week of June of 2023. Um, I was going to say, as Mark just indicated, we know ReadPop very well. They run one of the largest conventions on the East Coast, which is New York Comic Con. And I personally feel as though they do a pretty decent job. But yeah, I think the, that's a good sign, right? Yeah. One of the two things here is, one, they know how to run a convention. Yes, um, they do. Unlike Unlike the ESA, which didn't know how to transition from, you know, a, uh, a media run well, event to investor event to public. Well, that's and the I think, biggest. Yeah, that I, I sorry to cut in here. No, but no, I think, think that's the biggest problem with E3 is that it was never meant for the public. Right. It was supposed to be this uh, behind the scenes thing that only like trailers would get leaked from and stuff like that. It was never supposed to be a, a public event and they actually made a specific event for the public. And then they got rid of that. And then they just let everybody into E3, which mm-hmm. I still don't think they, they understand what they're doing. Yeah. And, and Tom, you can correct me, but Repop runs is partnered with ads, right? Yes, they are. I think. Okay. Yes. I'm pretty sure. So, that is cool. Yeah. So they know how to run a great event like that. Um, yeah. Not that PAX doesn't have its issues, but, um, you know, the, the one thing for sure coming from people going to be involved, because they'll probably still need to have the media side of it, like the behind closed door stuff and all. Um, the one thing I know about ReadPop is they have never leaked everybody's information and doxed an entire um, <laughs> group of writers before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, let's hope that that's not jinxing it. <laughs> yeah. They had, well, you couldn't do much worse than the ESA, who literally had it just on a spreadsheet sitting on their website. Yeah, that was easily bad. accessible with people's addresses, phone numbers, um, and email addresses. Mm-hmm. Just, just to pick it off, you know, gamers who will do that, take that information and do rational things with it. Yeah. Um, so, kudos to them for getting Read Pop, who I think is a much better in terms of cybersecurity um, than not saying they're perfect. Nobody's mm-hmm. perfect, you know, right. in this, but they haven't had that kind of breach. I also think the ESA doesn't know what to do with the public, um, so doing it this way. And it also will allow for, I think, ReadPop knowing about, you know, um, panels and doing all that stuff, like, turn into, like, a bigger, um, like, packs, like, the mainstream packs. Just packs. more friendly for people to be there in general. Yeah. And so they don't have to depend on the member organizations of the ESA to be there, um, right. to survive. And so I think this is really good news. It's great to transition from the very bad news to this news. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, as much as we joke around about key three and, uh, my shirt from GameSpot is on, or yeah, GameSpot is on the way. Um, 
that uh, you know it, it was missing that you know sort of um, centralized location thing. Now um, I don't know if this will transition to my favorite part because of other things that have happened in the gaming industry and in the gaming press influencer slash you know website world mm-hmm. um, where they used to you know Giant Bomb used to do the interviews on the couch you know with all developers like mixing and matching them together and just had these very human moments of people interacting um, because they're all there at E3. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if it returns something similar to that, um, you know, that, that'll be great. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that's at least for me and maybe um, in a very small minority, that's where I learned about a lot of my indie developers that I really took, you know, a liking to and would buy their games and stuff and trust just about anything they put out. Um, like young horses and and you know the bug snacks people, um, and because you get to see their personalities and see you know it's not all corporate you know even the Sony stuff and all you get to see the guys behind it. So hopefully having an event like this again that might have the member organizations tied to it um, will make it feel a little more um, precise than it did this year um, with everything spread out. Yeah, um, all throughout the month of June. Yep. Um, and, and also, it might make it an easy opportunity for maybe taking a trip to LA one day. Um, <laughs> That's and a good checking point. out E3 and checking that off my list um, of things. But yeah, yeah, this was really good news. Um, I don't know if you had any more on it, Jen, or any thoughts. I don't. A little bit more. Um, well, you pretty much just segued into the next part. Um, it is going to be returning to where it's been held at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Um, which side note, this convention center has actually come under fire recently because anime expo happened there. And apparently so many people were allowed in the doors that they had to be shut down by the fire marshal. Did you see those photos? Yeah. I was just going to say, if anyone hasn't seen those photos, when you hear the phrase packed in like sardines, perfect, perfect example of, of what it looked like. It I don't even know how anyone could breathe. It was ridiculous. And not to to sound like, you know, obviously there's people's fears of COVID and all um you can't you can't tell me that every single person packed in like that was wearing a mask you know sort of thing even if we're not if we're going to eliminate um COVID and stuff and just like regular sickness right (laughs) oh yeah con con plague is very much a thing you know know, just let me tell you thank god for that face masks wearing a face mask has become normal because at a con I would nowadays I would never not wear a mask at a con yeah. Just for the mere fact that, like what you said, Jen, uh, con pox or con or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is definitely a thing. Yeah. Yep. I- I've gotten sick probably after every convention we've ever gone to. Yeah. And I would, I was clean and I would wash my hands and I would use hand sanitizer. It doesn't matter. Nope. You have somebody breathe on you the wrong way. It's yeah. you're gonna get sick. So that that was insane. But I feel like that's more anime expo than the LA Convention Center. <laughs> yeah, to a degree. I mean, yes, it, it was it had a lot to do with Anime Expo because the people who are running Anime Expo are the ones that, you know, are knowing how many people are going to show up. But then also, I know the convention centers have a hand in the security aspect or at least being there and knowing what's happening. So I feel like it was a mix, probably more so on Anime Expo, like you said, but they are assuring people they're confident that this is going to be smoothly ran again by Reed Pop because they know what they're doing. Um, and I know everyone's probably at this point wondering, like, oh, who's going to be there? They didn't share which public publishers were going to be there because they don't know. 
but they are saying within the coming months, we should have more answers on that. But my thing is, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, they are happy to host their own showcases in their own timeline. So are the big three going to show up? Well, I, I mean, know. Microsoft barely showed up as it is. Because they have not own... showing up at all. Yeah. Right. Microsoft has, has their own event like across the street. They have their own theater. Like they they whenever they would do their E three stuff, it would be at the um Kodak the Theater or something. I think it's called the Microsoft Theater. Yeah, but I think it's the old Kodak. I yeah, think. but but yeah, it would be like across the street and they they would do their own thing and they wouldn't even have they wouldn't even have to go over to the to E three. So I don't I don't know. And I don't think Nintendo's ever coming back. Well no, I think Nintendo would do it because they like to do the big elaborate setups. Um that they were the last ones to keep doing that. So I could see them still doing that because I feel like that's a very Japanese thing um to do um for that. But yeah, I don't know why Microsoft or Sony would come back. They may here's what I'm thinking will happen. Um I think it's going to turn into like a more upscale packs in the sense that those companies may have their like play things playable there, but there won't be like giant booths like there were in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think a lot of it's going to be like when we go to NYCC, you know, a lot of big stands for like Funko pops, you know, gaming adjacent stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll be in that hall and then there'll be a couple locations where you can go play video games. It's, I think that's how they're going to transition it. Um, and um, I haven't been to a PAX before, so I don't know if that's like 50-50 or 75-25 in terms of video games to, you know, people selling things. Right. Um, they'll probably have panels. They'll probably do that stuff. I think the main thing that'll be uh, the difference is that I, and um, what I'm hoping it does, um, is that it it gives the, you know, now that I have a little more space, maybe smaller publishers um, can get in in front of a lot more people. And maybe it won't be as um, restrictive, you know, restrictive and all that um, because of the ESA, you would need to pay in to the ESA itself, like a, like a union or, or guild Mm -hmm. or something like that um, to be able to even be at E3. Um, Mm -hmm. You can correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter, but I believe that's how it was like the equivalent of like racket money, you know? Um, So I think it'll expand that way. And I think what I hope it does is that it condenses the timeline on everything. Um, so Keeley can do his thing, um, which I hope still stays, because that allows for, you know, a little more fun and nuance and stuff like that um, than being strict, you know, um, one system, one thing. They can have a, a bunch of spread out across the way and, you know, maybe have time for more interviews there and stuff like that. Um, from all intents and purposes, the stuff they did this year, for the games at Summer Games Fest um, was well received by the press. Uh, so maybe this will just be a bigger version of that. But I think we can all agree, and we've all said here, that having Reed pop back this is the biggest part of this story. And yeah, I think whatever they do, um, short of the ESA trying to put their fingers all over it because of who they are, um, it should save us something of E3 uh, to like be viable than just be a, a rotting husk that it would have been without Repop. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely. I mean, we'll we'll have to see what happens come June, but I think it's definitely a, at least a step in in the right direction for E three. Yeah. So, 
And you never know, maybe Game Vault will eventually get invited as a special esteemed guest as part of the press for uh, E3 one day. <laughs> we'll, we'll be oh, there. You know, if, if I could figure out a way when that stuff opens to just apply for it and see what we get, yep. um, I will do it. That would be sick. Um, yeah. I'd be totally down for that. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So moving on from that, um, this is a little bit personal, but I thought it would be interesting um, to share my experience with this. So this, I guess, is a little bit of a PSA and uh, a review on something. So my husband, Dan, if you didn't know, he's, he's a streamer. He just started streaming semi-recently, and he recently updated his or upgraded his streaming setup. He has his own room for it, and he needed some um, equipment. So I was searching to try to help him find some affordable stuff. He doesn't want to spend too much money on things, so I wasn't exactly looking through the top-of-the-line no. products. I know, Dan. right? <laughs> no. Um yeah, Not yeah, he Dan. wasn't he wasn't exactly looking at Alienware or Corsair or anything like that. So, I was looking through more affordable stuff and I came across the Bughaw Gaming Collection from Five Below. Um, this is something that's been around since I want to say 2019 or 2020, um, and they kind of revamp it every once in a while. So they just recently revamped the whole gaming collection. Um, and they're basically advertising this as an exclusive collaboration, a brand new affordable gaming gear that can fit anyone's gaming setup. And in big, huge, bold words on their, on their website, they announced that prices shouldn't stop you from chasing your gaming dreams. I'm like, you know what? At the very least, this will be an interesting story for the podcast. I'm going to try it out. So um, we purchased, starting out, we purchased their LED mouse pad, which is like an extra long one, and the LED sound bar because, you know, speakers that are built into the monitors aren't the best. Um, so I wanted to see the difference there. Both were $10 each, which they do admit on their website. We know that this is more than $5, but the quality is there, and you're going to love it kind of thing. And then so, shipping... So so they're already starting off as liars. Got it. <laughs> they're like covering themselves there. Um, and then shipping was about $8. So in total, these two things with shipping came out to just say like $30 ish. It's not um, terrible. Yeah. So beyond those two things, they have several gaming headphones, um, keyboards, LED, USB microphone. Um, there's, there's a mouse that lights up. There's an LED monitor riser. There's different shirts. I think there's also a gaming headset stand that like wirelessly charges your phone because I was kind of considering that one, but I didn't go with it. Um, so they have the a lot of stuff to choose look, from. The monitor riser looks pretty nice. It does. It kind of reminds me of, I can't remember the brand. Uh, is it Ra uh, Kraken? I think Kraken has very similar looking products. I think there was an LED monitor riser that I was looking at from them at one point. And I talked myself out of it because I didn't need it. But you know how I feel about LED stuff. Jen, if um, you yep. ever... If, yes, if, I do, Jen. If you ever need confidence to go buy things, something you're unsure of, just post on Twitter with a poll. I will vote yes for it and say, go get it, girl. <laughs> I've done this for Lynn multiple times. <laughs> I love it. So, Thank that's you. That's why Noted. Lynn has 20 chickens. <laughs> yeah, she was like, should I get this riding jacket? And I'm like, you go get it, girl. Yeah, hell yeah. Go get hell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. Um, so shipping was fine, fast arrived to us within a week. So we opened the mouse pad first. It's about two, uh, it's, it's a little bit bigger than two feet in length, which I think is a really good size. I have one myself the, from a different company. The, the mouse pad, um, mm -hmm. is there anything shorter than two feet or they like, used, 
they used to have one, I think, that was shorter yeah. from the Bug Hawk collection. And I don't see it on their website now. So I feel like they went with the longer one this okay. time around, the XL version. Yeah, the uh, a certain fan of the podcast is in need of accessories and has a birthday <laughs> coming up. So, I see. I, I just got a desk mat myself, and I have to say, it's nice. It's, it's so much nicer than just having a little mouse yeah. pad. Yeah, because then, you know, you can be a little crazier with the mouse and not have to worry about falling off the edge of the mouse pad okay. or anything like I'm that. I'm going to sneakily measure her desk. <laughs> just like hold your arms out and be like, I'm just stretching and then measure your arms. Um, but yeah, so the shipping was fine. Um, we opened the mouse pad first. It's a great length. Um, it feels nice. You know, it's it's not super, um, there's not a lot of friction there or anything, so it glides easily. And it basically has, if, if you haven't seen an LED mouse pad, there's like um, an LED strip that's sewn around the edge. And then there's a box that has a button on it where you could control the lights. I think there's like three different modes. And then if you click it the fourth time, it like freezes the solid color. So you have options there. And it plugs in with a USB port to your computer to power it. Um, so we plugged it in and it didn't light up. Didn't work. Oh, no. We tested it in every single USB port. <laughs> Just because I was like, you know what? Maybe there's a port that's just not working. Maybe there's too many things plugged in. I went through the gamut. Didn't work. So I'm like, okay. I mean, it's a mouse pad at the end of the day, but it's an LED mouse pad and it doesn't light up. So, okay, fine. Kind of like a strike one, right? So then we plug in the soundbar. It's, again, it has the USB cord and the, the aux cable that you can plug it in directly to the computer, but it also is Bluetooth capable. Um so the computer that Dan has doesn't have Bluetooth capability, which is fine. So we plugged it in directly to the computer. And the sound quality was, you know, kind of what I expected. There wasn't really bass to it. It's kind of a little bit muffly, but it was definitely better than the monitor speakers. So I'm like, okay, we could, we could work with this. But then we noticed every once in a while, there was this really weird, shrill, like whining, screeching noise. Oh, and we realized it was yeah coming from the speakers. And then we noticed the lights weren't solid and like shifting to rainbow colors like they were supposed to. They were flashing. Turns out. making out real good on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Turns out the speaker is constantly going to be searching for a Bluetooth connection, even though it's plugged in. There's no way to shut oh, that off. There's no off switch? No. There's, well, there's an off switch to shut the whole entire speaker off. Well, there's not an off switch to stop searching for Bluetooth. Oh, that's so we had this horrible feedback coming through because it was messing with something in the speaker or in the computer and it was just not it was horrible so strike two i contacted the company i just wanted to return them and to my surprise the person immediately just offered me a refund and told me to keep them <laughs> i was like uh, okay. that, that's okay. that's a big old red flag right that there. is a big old that's right my strike three and this is why because I tried asking, like, is this an issue that you guys know about? And they're like, no, we've never heard of this before. Bullshit. <laughs> right. And this is my red flag. Working in retail, which I do, if you're selling a product that you know works well and you stand behind it, if there's an issue like this, you want it back. Because if the vendor is sending you defective goods, yeah, you need you to know. fix that. Right. Yeah. In this case, they're like, just shut up. Here's your money back. Don't talk about it anymore. So yeah, here's here's my like overall thoughts on this, and then you guys can like weigh in if you want. Don't be cheap. 
I really appreciate affordable gaming products when they work. I don't appreciate a company creating subpar or faulty equipment, acting like they're saving their world because their products are so great and affordable, but then they fail the consumer in the end. And I want to say it's unfortunate that I anticipated this wasn't going to go well because they were from Five Below. Because for some people, this equipment makes the difference if they can afford a gaming keyboard or headphones or for someone who's just starting out streaming who really wants an affordable setup. And to a degree, yes, you get what you pay for. But to announce to people that you're giving them the chance to purchase affordable gaming equipment and then fail, that's really shitty. So I would like to go back and try more of their products. Like you said, the riser. I really want to try the um, headphone stand that has the charger in it because that's something for me that would fit my setup really nice. But I don't know if I want to because I don't have faith that they're going to work. Well, good so, news is you'll get your money back. Right. Who knows, though, because now yeah. this time they'll be like, well, we already refunded you. So, And their return policy, I want to note, they don't cover free returns. And your return will basically be the cost of the item you're buying. So but they, but they just refunded you anyway, right? They refunded me this time. I don't know the risk I'd be taking trying again. Um, Is it unless, like the Amazon thing where you get shut out if you constantly return things? Who knows? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Who knows? Honestly, at, at this point, I would say buy cheap stuff on Amazon because mm, you can at least yeah. get free returns. Right. Or so you, you can, I mean, you could always go back to the store too. I'm, I'm assuming and return it in person. I think that's an option if anyone wants to try that, but I don't know. I don't know how I, I feel. I, I would. My first thought is, is if they sell this stuff in the store, I'd rather go to a five below and purchase it, knowing that I can. Yes. Then buying it over the internet. The uh, only downside yeah. to that is that a lot of times I've been in five below stores before. They're not exactly like when they have something like this, it sells out really fast, and then it's very PC, where you might not be able to get what you're looking for in the store. Oh, yeah. yeah I get so. Yeah. It might be tough, but yes, I totally agree. It's definitely better to know, hey, I could just bring this back to the store if it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I would be extremely interested to hear from anyone listening if you've tried it in the past from the other collections or now and you want to let us know if you have a good experience. I would love to hear about it or a bad experience. Let us know on Twitter at Game Ball Pod how, you know, how your experience went. Instigative journalism here. Yeah, yes. Jen, you can... Uh... You use that money they refunded you to buy a Bluetooth connection for your computer to put in there. Perfect, perfect. And, and I do, fine. I do, ex I do very much appreciate the fact that they refunded me, and they didn't expect me to return it all yeah. at my on my dime, basically. Um, but yeah, I was just, I don't know. It it more so made me upset because I knew going into this, like, oh, this might not be great because of where it's from. And yeah. then they delivered on that. And I was like, that sucks because I know at one point I was like, I was a person who couldn't afford gaming equipment and five below would have saved my ass if I was trying to stream. And it just sucks. Like it shouldn't be like that. So yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, maybe this is something that Tom, you might be interested in. If you're a huge destiny fan and you've fantasized about owning your own, I'm going to say this wrong and I'm sorry. Gallahorn, Gallahorn rocket, Gallahorn, Gallahorn rocket. Then I have some good and then bad news for you. Now, this is um, the Nerf gun, right? Yes. So Bungie had announced, I think it was last year that they were teaming up with Nerf to produce a functional replica of that rocket. Um, but they've now confirmed it and we have pictures and we have specs and it looks badass. I don't know if you guys have seen it. If yeah, you want to look like, it up. Yeah, I've seen it. I've heard it three. 
<laughs> I saw a picture of it and it is humongous. It is over four feet long. And apparently it's a one to one scale of the one in the game. Like it's a like, legit rocket from the game. That's awesome. Yeah. So pre-sale actually began on July 7th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And how it worked was existing Gallerhorn owners got first dibs. So if you were looking to purchase this first, you would have known about this already most likely because you would have had to unlock the gun in the game, specifically the Destiny 2 30th anniversary pack before July 7th. And then you would get to join this virtual waiting room and then, you know, you'd make your purchase. And Bungie is saying if there are any stock left starting on July 21st, then they'll put them on sale for anyone that wants to pick one up. So we'll have to see if there are any left at that point. Um, but here's the bad news. The price has gone up $25 without anyone explaining why. Um, so initially, Bungie had announced it was going to be $160, but they listed them at $185. Um, so that was a little, I think people were kind of like, hmm, that's kind of strange that this is, you know, $25 more now for no reason. Um, and then Bungie also is saying that they should ship Q1 of 2023, but are already saying like, but just in case, you know, there's any unforeseen circumstances or shipping delays, like they're kind of, you know, letting you know they're getting this might happen. Ready. Right. Um, I know I was reading that previous limited Nerf products took over a year to arrive in some situations, but others, you know, were perfectly on time. So... They are they are letting you know just in case like don't rely on this to be you know exactly on time no, just in case. Um, the really bad news though is for anyone living in Canada, shipping costs are so high you are paying a hundred dollars more than the price of the rocket itself just to ship it to you if you live in Canada. Oh. So yeah, imagine this. Destiny's Canadian fans are like lining up right to get the the rocket it's 185 us dollars so it's already more expensive than they expected then they go to check out and the price is 283 dollars and 62 cents in us for shipping so if you add that and then convert it they were expected to pay for one rocket 608 dollars and 29 cents in canadian <laughs> meanwhile it ships 33 dollars to california and in the uk it is about 15 us dollars to ship so they're really upset in Canada, which I don't blame them for. It's I don't absolutely blame them at absurd. All. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think people were kind of looking at this like maybe this is a glitch. Maybe this is an international shipping error. Well, Bungie announced that they are aware and it's not a glitch. It's just because it's so big. So we'll work on making additional purchase opportunities for you if you live in Canada. But for now, this is how it is, which really sucks. Yeah, that's so, really shitty. Yeah. Imagine like, imagine being someone that heard about this. I'm a diehard Destiny fan. I made it to presale. I got the the 30th anniversary pack. I unlocked it in the game. I was there. I, I'm ready to purchase it. And then you're like, $600? What? Like, that sucks. That really sucks. So, yeah, that's that's the current situation for Canadian customers. Hopefully, they come up with some other, you know workaround for that but um i'm also interested to hear if anyone's planning on getting it um i don't i don't know tom what your thoughts were in general if you had heard about it initially if you were you know considering it even uh i mean it, considering eh, maybe maybe not i don't know the like something like that's really cool but now especially now that i have a kid i have nowhere to put something like that yeah it's ginormous it's 
<laughs> it's just so big. There's nowhere like how do you store it? Does it I don't does it come apart or is it or I don't know. Well, I guess since it's, it costs that much to ship it, that's must just not how, really how big yeah. it is. right. Right. That just be, must be how big it is. So mm-hmm. especially for like is now I I may have missed when you said this. But was this in association with Nerf? Yes. Yep. Okay. So they're collabing with Nerf to come out with this like one to one. I can't problem. imagine Nerf not being able to like make it easier to to ship. That it sounds crazy to me. Yeah. That, that it's so enormous that they can't like <laughs> figure out how to get it into a box. Right. And I know like from working in retail and I used to be a customer service person that helped international customers with shipping issues like this. Sometimes you work with a third party company um, like border free or another one where they're the ones that set the prices because that's customs. And sometimes the prices are astronomical and the retailer has no way around it except to go with a different company. So maybe that's what's happening, but to allow this to even have like gotten to that point where people are like, what the hell? You know, like you'd think that they would have known in advance, these are the shipping costs that our customers are going to be paying. And this is unacceptable sort of thing. I don't know. It's crazy. I hope that they fix it. I hope that they go with some other company that can get our Canadian residents and fans of destiny. This stuff for a lot cheaper than $600. Cause that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's asinine. <laughs> Yeah. If I've yeah. ever heard it. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the news. And again, if anyone has any thoughts on anything we talked about, please hit us up on Twitter at Game Vault Pod. We'll love to further discuss with you. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, thank you, Jen. Um, that brings us to our topic. Um, in honor of my obsession um, with Neon White recently, I thought I'd pose it to... Um, my fellow podcasters here. Um, is there is there a game that you became obsessed with that you did not, you know, think you would? Like it was a genre you never really played before, you know, something that just came out of the blue that you just picked up on like a game pass or something um, or a free to play game that you picked up. Um, I'll start off and just go on my uh, rant of Neon Whites. It's the last time you need to hear about it today. Um, but uh, the reason when I knew that this game was going to take over my life for a short period of time is the uh, fact that when I streamed it, um, I went through and I'm glad I got to remember to download that video, by the way, guys, uh, because I beat all my times um, on nice. that stream on video. Um, and I played this one level where um, it took me six seconds to finish it. Um, I finally got under six seconds and I kept going for like 40 minutes. I kept going. Okay, I can do faster. I can get a tenth of a second off this. I got, okay. Okay, got a couple hundred off you. And just did it for literally about 30 to 40 minutes on stream this one level. That is six seconds at a time. Um, and I felt so bad for Death who came in the stream. and was like, hey, how you doing, Mark? I'm like, well, I'm doing this the rest of my life, so have fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I the fact that I've had this game for about a week or two at this point, and I've only beaten two of the 13, 12 chapters or whatever, uh, because I keep re- I've replayed every level probably close to 20, 30 times or more at this point. Honestly, I don't want to know how many times I've played through each level. Um, um, because, you know, you just hit that F key constantly. Uh, but, yeah, I just became obsessed with doing the, you know, the real... And I'm not equating this to drug use or drug addiction or anything. But that one thing that you hear is the joke or the bit 
It's really like, oh, one, one more, one more. I can do it. I can do it better. I got it. Yeah, I can do one more. Just give me one more. I got, I got some time. You know, sort of response to it. Um, I hit a best time, and I'm like, I can do that faster. All right, let's go back in. Um, and it just became like that kind of sickness. Like I, I spent um, uh, about an hour or so last night trying to knock three tenths of a second off my time because I wanted to get um, the highest rank. There's, there's four levels. Um, everyone should be able to, with some semblance of skill, get to the ace level. Um, I think there's four actually, bronze, silver, gold, ace. And ace is like the top level, you know, for regular. But then they have a special red ace level, which is the devs time, the best time the devs have ever done. And I, I honestly looked it up um, on the uh, interwebs to see what the devs times were. And mm-hmm. I saw that I was four tenths of a second away from one of the red aces. Ooh. And I, I got three of them. Um, but nice. this one was four tenths of a second. I spent an hour <laughs> to like 1230 last night. And Jen, yeah. I used to like joke with you about you were like, oh yeah, I was up to like two o'clock playing Phasmo or whatever yeah. <laughs> thing, and I'm like, oh, why would anyone do that? And then I looked at my clock, and was like, oh crap, I've been playing this for four hours. <laughs> Welcome, um, <laughs> just <laughs> getting through. But yeah, I spent literally an hour trying, and I could never do it, like um, because they do the worst thing they can is they give you your ghost, so you know immediately once that thing gets ahead, you're just like, fuck, I got to start over. You know, because gotcha, it's like, I'm yeah. not making it up if, right. if he gets ahead of me. Um, and I'm not good enough yet to where I can shave seconds off of doing quick twitch stuff. Um, this this level that I'm specifically talking about has a thing where you uh, basically have this, um, just explaining on white real fast, you get these cards. Each card is either a gun um, or it gives you a secondary ability. Some of them are a double jump. One is a bomb that you can sort of rocket jump with. Um, you know, you drop the bomb and then it expands you. There's one that sort of just shoots you in one whatever direction you're facing um, real fast and you can do it through enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one that I just unlocked, you do a stomp. You go down and smash on the enemies. Um, so it's in the opening of this one, um, you have to do like seven consecutive, like uh, the sniper rifle is called Godspeed. Do the, you know, shoot in one direction and hit um, the enemies. And each time you hit an enemy, you get a new Godspeed to do. So mm-hmm. it's like jump, hit, 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 and as you're trying to stay in line, and um, if you even mess that up a quarter, um, you're fuck out of start. Okay, um, and then you get to this one part. You do one of the final two, and as you're going through the one, once you hit through and get the gun, you have to turn and shoot this glass platform to kill two of the demons, um, and then hit. And but you got it. It's like real fast, and yeah, I'm I'm not that great yet, but I spent an hour trying to beat it. Um, all my times are pretty good for what i think i can do um obviously i'm like only one of them i'm under i think i'm under a thousand in that six second level um but um the rest of them i'm like you know i look at the global leaderboard and it's like you're ranked like six thousand and it's because somebody ahead of you has done it by like a hundred from a second more um and if you do it like add two hundredths of a second to your time you jump like four thousand places um on the board that's crazy. Yeah. So the global leaderboard is kind of nuts. Um, you'll never be number one because there's hackers on there that are like oh, beating the level in like eight tenths of a second, which is virtually impossible. Worst. That is yeah. so annoying. There's so, a game called um, Trials, Trials HD. Yeah. There was stuff like that in that game where it was very leaderboard based. And as soon as, you know, somebody figured out how to glitch 
how to glitch it to be like 0.01 seconds. Yeah. Everybody in the world had that same time. Yeah, That's, you can yeah, you can kind of tell looking at the leaderboard where the actual top time is. You're like somebody does like the six second level, someone did it in like five points seven seconds. I'm like, that's probably the top time. Like, I can't imagine doing this any faster than that. Um, you know, because, you know, that little tenth of a second is just hitting the jump button a little sooner, you know, yeah. or something. But going all the way down to like two seconds, I'm like, that's impossible. Um, you know, there's no way. Um, but yeah, so I've spent a lot of time doing, you know, uh, you know, reducing my times and getting as the people on Twitter and the internet have been calling it getting the sickness of, you know, just constantly wanting to just improve their times and rather than beat the actual game. Um, because um, the game, you also can go through it slowly and collect these gifts to give to the other people. And they unlock like dialogue stuff and these side quests, like side levels, which are actually pretty cool, that teach you how to play the game, like advanced uh, strategies. Um, like, one of them taught me how to let go a W when I'm jumping sometimes. So I jump straight up instead of forward. Um, instead of up and forward, I jump straight up. Um, and then there's all these little mini strategies where you go slower going up steps instead of jumping them. Um, you go faster going down steps. Um, you know, like little things. Like, if you, if you boost and hit them as they're shooting at you and kill them, you get an extra, like, all these things are not tenths of a second off. And it just becomes obsessive. And I love it so much. Um, I think I've reached my limit with a couple levels where I'm like, I don't think I'm doing any better. Um, I am not skilled enough to pull off that quick trick shot to, you know, knock a couple tents off. Um, but yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with it. And it was a game I was not expecting to love because A, you need mouse and keyboard to play it. Um, and I haven't really, I was talking to Jonathan about this. I never really uh, have messed with mouse and keyboard, um, you know, since probably doom or wolfenstein or something like that um way back in the day um so getting back on that horse has been fun uh but yeah it made me think of this topic and then um, i texted you guys and and i know we'll start with jen you said you knew of one instantly that was yep like that. Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah as soon as you mentioned this topic i was like done i got it um and that is arc to be honest with you and i know i talk about this a lot I love open world games. I like creating, you know, creative games where you're building stuff. But I knew about Ark for a while. And for some reason, this game just did not appeal to me. I also love dinosaurs. I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. I don't know why I had no intention of playing this game initially. Um, I watched gameplay of it. I was like, eh, it doesn't really, like, I don't know. There was nothing about it that made me want to play. And it's been in early access for, like, what, five years? So I just never wanted to play this game. And then a few of my streamer friends, like one person was playing it. Um, she had played it, I think, for a while and then stopped and then, you know, started playing it again. And she was playing it on stream. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool how you could breed the dinosaurs. And like they have fun colors. That's a mutation. If you breed them, you can come out with these really rare colors. That's something stupid that appeals to me. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, that's cool. And then someone else was like, yeah, I have this really big flying, it looks like a big pterodactyl. Um, it's called the Quetzal. And like you could actually build a base on it where you could fly your base around and, you know, hunt for dinosaurs. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then like little things started attracting me to this game where I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try it. 
And then it was free on Steam, like the base game. So I'm like, well, it's now or never, obviously. This is yeah. the best time to try it. So I downloaded it and I was just instantly hooked. I was like, I don't know what took me so long to get into this game. I don't know why it's to this day. I have no idea why I never wanted to play it. But when I say I'm obsessed, I can probably safely say I'm more obsessed with this game than I was with Minecraft. Oh. Because I'm a graphics snob and this game looks way better, obviously, than Minecraft yeah. does. So, and there's there's a lot more things you can do with building and um I know people are very creative when it comes to Minecraft. Like my creativity ends. Like I can't think of how to take blocks and make them look like a couch or like a fireplace. And people are amazing with Minecraft. I, I'm not that creative. So when I have actual things that I could make similar to The Sims, like chairs and tables and walls that look like walls and chairs and tables, I prefer that. So I am very much loving this game. If you're a dinosaur fan and you like um, survival type creative games, this is a million percent something that you should play if you don't. Um, it's great if you could get a group of friends together in the server and play together because the more people you have in your tribe, they call it, um, the easier it is to survive. You can take down dinosaurs faster. You could tame them easier. Um, you can level up easier together. You can share resources. Um, I sound like a huge nerd, but it's so much fun. It really is. <laughs> Even yeah, I would go as, go ahead. Don't worry, Jen. I just spoke about taking tenths of a second off of time for about 10 minutes. <laughs> Fair enough. Like that's true. That, that's, you know, no judgments here on Game Ball Pod anyway. But um, yeah, I, I would even go as far to say if, if you like dinosaurs and you, you can see yourself maybe trying a survival type game, even if you don't like the building aspect to the creative aspect, you should still try it. Um, because I feel like there's something in this game for someone that at least likes the survival and like the fighting aspect of it. Like if you want to go out and just hunt a bunch of dinosaurs and see what you can tame. And if you want to breed dinosaurs to be like insane killing machines to fight bosses, which exists in this game. I think that you should still give it a shot because it is so much fun. It's very addicting. I'm on it every single day at least for a little while if i can there are things in it like growing crops where you kind of do have to log in almost every day or they'll die um but if you level up your equipment then your crops stay alive longer because then you have someone who's like putting fertilizer in there for you and something watering it for you so this is why i'm so obsessed because there's always like the next step to do in this game um, and off stream or off podcast, I was saying how I have a list of things that I want to do, like things I want to build right now. I'm building a Quetzal base, so it's a lot of fun and I'm breeding T-Rexes and dragons and all kinds of stuff. So if anyone's interested, we could talk yeah. off podcast all about it. I could talk for years on this game. I think yeah, the, the obsession with it was, uh, for me was shown when, as I mentioned earlier, Mayton coming into the chat and I'm like. I was like, hey, how you doing? He's like, no, you guys are great background noise for me, you know, doing my arc base. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. I'm like, okay, I can see what kind of game this is. Yeah, it's it's very, uh, very, very fun. There's now, a lot to do. I joke around, Jen, mm -hmm. but are you looking and your friends looking to upgrade the arc too, or is it because of the free-to-play that you're probably going to stay where you're at? Um, I don't, I haven't asked everyone, like, what their thoughts are on it. There's about, I would say, like, I would say eight of us that 
probably log in almost every day and like are the core tribe members. And then there are some other people that log in every once in a while and just have fun with it, which is totally fine. Um, I haven't really talked about it with them. I feel like I, I think three of us talked about it and I think we were all willing to try it and see what it was about. It depends on how much it costs for me if I'm going to do it initially, because I love this game so much that I can totally, you know, if it's just a story thing, I'm not sure if it's just a story thing where, yeah. you know, Vin Diesel's, you know, one of the characters or whatever, then maybe I would wait and see if it was really worth it because I don't really play the story mode in this. I know there is a story mode, but um, if it's if it's the creative mode in ARC and just revamped and improved, I would absolutely get it and try it out because there are some things in this that I wish were better. So there's like quality of life things that definitely could be better in this game. So I would totally get it. It, it depends on what it is. I guess when I get more information, I'll update everyone on that. Yeah, yeah. Tom, do you have anything? I do. Uh, and it's not, I mean, I, I guess it's not weird, but for me, it kind of is. Yeah. For me, a game that I started playing that I got really obsessed with is Saints Row the Third and Saints Row Four. Okay. Now, Were you much of a GTA guy or anything before that? No, that's the okay. thing. Is yeah. I didn't, I did not enjoy. I mean, I, I'm Grand Theft Auto Three was fun to like mess around with, but I never really got into it to the fact that like I wanted to play the story mode of GTA. Yeah. I never, I, I just always felt like there was too much to do and i just didn't feel like doing it but i feel that the saints row games being a little a little more goofy a little more fun and not so dark and dreary uh i feel like that really allowed me to get into the game more and enjoy it i i was i played through saints row the third i don't know that i ever beat it but i got quite a long ways into it and then saints row four came out yeah and i 100%ed it <laughs> like i got every achievement i could possibly get in the game and you got to do some grinding and stuff to get yeah. all the achievements in that game and i had a thousand a thousand gamer score and then like all the dlcs came out and ruined that but in the base game i 100%ed the base game and i just love how like goofy as shit it was like by the end of the game you're a superhero Saints Row 4. Yeah, yeah, that's where that one goes. Um, I'm glad that they seem to be sort of semi-rebooting it, to be honest, because I don't know where you go after. Well, they went um, to space. The they went to, they, literally, they, did the, they did the Fast and the Furious thing, where they, went, yeah. they, they were a street gang, and then they ended up in space. So I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know where else they could have gone, which is why Agents of Mayhem was interesting, but, it, but then they yes. just screwed that up. That completely. was a terrible game. <laughs> um they they tried to do something that just didn't work yeah it just wasn't it just it did not work at all but but yeah saint saints row i love i loved the humor and i also loved the fact that you could like you could customize everything you yeah. could customize your your look you could customize what you wear you could customize your cars granted all all of this now exists in gta 5 and all, everything else but uh it's it was just like a, a a game that hit me at the right time and i just fell in love with it and i played i then i beat gat out of hell which was the 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 dlc and i i just had a lot of fun with it it just like 
there wasn't anything like crazy that it did differently than any other games, but I just enjoyed it so much that it it was um it it just like I said, it was the right game at the right time for me and it allowed me to just have a bunch of freedom in a game and I really liked it. Yeah. And I I the new game interests me, but at the same time I don't know that I want to go back to that. Yeah. Because there's too much like yeah, like I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Like the whole boss builder thing. I looked at it and I was like, yeah, I can't I can't do this. <laughs> I can't I don't know that I can I can you I can, can be let anyone. Myself... Yeah, I don't there's too much going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, what is it called? The paralyzed by choice or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's way way too many choices and it yeah. just makes you not want to touch it. Yeah. So, um I don't know if you guys have any more, but I'll do my actual one for this topic and not the inspiration. Um, I had never really played a turn-based strategy until Civ Five. Um, uh, closest was real time, and then I ended up putting probably close to three to four hundred hours into that game, um, and beat it with every single beat one game on like normal medium settings um, with every civilization in the game. Um, so something that doesn't really mean anything um, in the grand scheme of things, and just took a whole lot of time of playing four to six hour games. Um, because I could only win one of two ways, which is either a science victory or domination, and both of them take almost the entire game uh, to do. Uh, but yeah, never really sat there to do turn base and you know a strategy. But just like, and I'm I'm getting a thing. It's like having a therapy session and like having a semi breakthrough on here. Um, I think I realized the thing that gets me hooked on some of these games if it has the aspect of the I can just do one more. Just give me one more. Um, with that, it's like, I one more turn. Let me get one. I'm almost to the science thing. I'll do one more turn, you know? And then I get that science thing, and I see the next thing. I'm like, oh, I like that thing. Oh, we'll keep going until I get that thing. Um, and then again, it's five hours later, um, and <laughs> you're like, holy shit. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I, I played some of Civ Six, but I didn't get as deep into it as five. Um, I think just for time reasons, it might have been like a perfect place in time when five came out for me. Um, to where I had a full-time job like I do now, but I had less responsibilities at that job. So, you know, during the winter months and all, it was very slow and dry for me. So, like, I could stay up till 2 in the morning and not really affect my work um, day to day. Can't do that now, uh, which is why Neon White's killing me. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was weird. I played, like, Age of the Empires, you know, Empire Earth and... Um, dabbled in some StarCraft and stuff like that, like the real-time stuff when I was a kid, you know, with the level of PC I had. Um, but yeah, any of this, like, board game-type turn-based, you know, uh, stuff, like, I tried to play Risk and wasn't, couldn't really get it um, on the board game side of it. Um, but yeah, something with this just clicked. And um, I played it way too long and started to have favorite civilizations and knew how to sort of manipulate other ones. Like, it became, it became pretty deep and uh, a little disturbing of how well I got to know the inside. Like, oh, that's Catherine. Okay. I know if I go do this and that, I'll, you know, I can sneak up and take over her capital. Got it. You know, like it, it started to get to that stuff. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, that game, I highly recommend, um, you know, that not that all this, all the, the Civ uh, perverts out there probably already play the game. Um, so I don't need to recommend that to them, but um, if you're looking for a starter, I guess, turn-based 
um, type strategy game, I guess it's a great place to start. Um, just because as complicated as it is, it is like a little more straightforward than a say, um, I've got into the other ones like, um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Humankind, I think it's called the new one that just came out. Um, and, uh, and like the, um, I forget the name of it. It was another bad one, but like those are a little more complicated where you're also, you know, needing to command troops. Like it's a mixture of turn base and RTS. Um, but yeah, if you're just looking for a sit there, you set up a thing, you say something to go, set up and just click next turn um, and watch everything happen. Um, it was one of my favorite series is to play with Dan, to be honest, when we played the uh, yeah. Sundays. That was, um, that was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that, that, that game can get interesting and a lot of the new stuff, um, you know, uh, was, uh, was pretty cool. So um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else or should we just move on to Retro? Um, I mean, I just had like a quick, my second yeah. one, I mean, and I've talked about this before, so I don't have to go into detail, but the other game that I, I really didn't expect to like was mainly because I didn't like it until I played the PC version. And that was Monster Hunter Rise. Oh. Um, Monster Hunter World, I liked, but didn't play it enough to really form an opinion, but knew that I wanted to get Rise. But then when I got Rise, um, for console for Switch, I just couldn't get into it the controls i just couldn't get the feel for it where i wasn't enjoying it and then when i heard it was coming out on pc i'm like okay obviously there's a big graphics update the upgrade that you're getting maybe i'll try you know i really like mouse and keyboard and something about mouse and keyboard on pc i got me hooked it just i i got the hang of it which is really important because that game is very complex so that was something that you know for a while that was kind of like arc like the only thing i was playing outside of whatever i was streaming and you know our retro roulette game so i think that was my second one that came to mind was and i know i've stopped playing it but it's something that i would definitely get back into because there's yeah. just something about the keyboard and mouse controls that i just i got it which is such yeah. a big thing for me yeah i don't think this topic was do you still play this game right um, right right sort of like um it can kind of be like a firework you know it's like you know boom bright for like a short period of time and it's everything you think about and then you're done with it. Yeah. Um, you know, or it can be as far as like me and Tom did where Tom 100% of the game and I played 300 hours of turn-based strategy game. Um, mm -hmm. played forever. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, it's always fun to think of that, um, you know, uh, idea of, of this type of game. Um, yeah. Cause I think we all have them. Um, yeah. whether you want to admit it or not, some people have phone games that become this and they never want to admit that, um, to take over their lives. Um, and yeah, Tom, do you have anything else? Or? I don't. Those okay. that game is the one that was the biggest biggest one for I, me. I was only expecting one, maybe two, from this because you know normally you don't have two of these type of games. Um, I only have two because this thing came out like a week and a half ago, uh, <laughs> or I would have only had one. Uh, but yeah, so uh, sound off on the Twitter. You can go to the Game Ball at Game Ball Pod on Twitter. Let us know what game. You became obsessed with from a genre or, you know, type of game um, that you never thought you would become obsessed with. Um, or even a series that you didn't really care for the first couple games and you fell in deep with another one like Tom with Saints Row 3. Um, didn't really play one or two um, deeply and I fell in love with three. Maybe that's a Final Fantasy, Resident Evil thing. You know, um, just let us know um, on uh, Twitter. And as I mentioned before, if you are playing Neon White, 
please DM me on Twitter um, at <laughs> off the mark tweet and give me your seam code so I can have some friends times um, on that. Um, either way, let's move on to our retro roulette game this week. Um, we uh, thankfully got um, the gods of retro roulette um, looked down upon us and gave us uh, turtles in time um, to match up with the Shredder's Revenge uh, game that came out. Um, and guys, this is the first time I played Turtles in Time in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Part of me thinks that we may have had this before, um, but when it came up on the um, what's it called? Or maybe we had another Turtles game. We, um, we had uh, Hyperstone Heist. A Hyperstone Heist, which is almost the same game. Um, almost. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, once that came up on the wheel, um, I said oh, this is too much of an omen, you know, or or po- whatever a positive omen. Is sign i guess um to do it because of the game that was uh, the new game um but yeah i haven't um yeah real quick short thing and then i'll do my deeper one at the end uh, with you guys is that i i've not played this game alone probably ever um yeah. and anytime i've ever played it it's been with somebody else um i think like i said on the stream i think the only times i played it alone um, I didn't get very far. I think I got as far as I did on stream on normal alone. Um, just because as good as I am at some video games, there's just some things like I have a skill ceiling. Like if it requires you to be any better than this, then I'm done. Um, uh, you know, and I'm okay with that. Uh, but yeah, we'll start with, uh, time we'll start out with Tom. Um, what, um, was your opinion history with Turtles in Time and, um, since you did play Hyperstone Heist on here, uh, what is your comparison and differences that you felt? So they do play very similarly. There's there's not a whole lot of difference. The the difference comes mostly in um, in sound and control scheme. I mean, level design's a little different, also, just for the mere fact that uh, you were able to do Mode Seven with with the with the Super Nintendo, which also allows you to throw the guys towards a screen, which is something you can't do in Hyperstone Heist, which adds another layer to this game uh, because they were able to do the same type of boss that you can that you did in in the uh, in the arcade where you'd have to throw the person towards Shredder at the end, and you you'd see yeah. um, you'd see it hit Shredder's screen, and it it all go crazy. Yeah, that. Um... When that occurred in the game, um, before you mentioned it in the chat, I had forgotten until it threw it on the screen and I saw the screen do the hit colors. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Now I remember this. <laughs> I didn't want to give it away, but at the same time, I wanted to be like, Mark, don't forget that. Don't forget what you have to do here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and by the way, um, you can chime in with this too, uh, Tom. I still don't know how to throw people at the screen. It was all luck. <laughs> Just mashing a combination of buttons and then all of a sudden it got thrown. I was like, oh, okay. Same. <laughs> Same. Well, I think it. If you look at uh, the in, like how to play, how to do it on the new game, I think it's the same thing. So I think if you if you grab the person and then hit down and B or down and A or whichever attack is, I can't remember. It throws them to the screen. I think I don't. I'd have to go back and actually figure that out. But I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. But there is a specific way to do it. But uh, but yeah, I I'm I'm happy that that exists in in that game because it, it adds another layer to it. Like there's no like I feel like 
Hyperstone Heist gets very boring in what you can do because it's you're stuck only doing the same three moves, and I feel like adding that type of move is definitely is definitely good for uh, replayability and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I I definitely prefer Turtles in Time to Hyperstone Heist. Hyperstone mm-hmm. Heist is gaining this weird uh, traction, like cult classic type thing where people think it's better, but it's, it's- is it like those people that are starting to become apologists for Thor the Dark World out there? Yeah, 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 kind of. Okay. Yeah, I would say, yeah, that's kind of what's happening. But yeah. I would not say that it's that, better. Yeah, those people that do stuff like that um, just make me want to, in real life, act out the photo of Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette outside his house. <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme? <laughs> Like this game that we all like. If somebody comes up to me and goes, "You know, Spirit Tracks is not a really bad Zelda game," I will just either, depending on their age, punch them in the face, <laughs> um, or just be slightly disappointed and sad um, <laughs> because it's not. Uh, we'll say this PSA now before we move the gen. It is not cool to think of something that everybody knows sucks by going, "Oh, this actually isn't that bad." Um, that it doesn't make it good. It doesn't make it good. It doesn't make you cool. Now, there are some things that get lost and become cult classics, but you've got to understand that those people that love cult classic stuff sometimes understand the thing they like isn't good. They just like it. <laughs> yeah, And exactly. there's a difference. Don't tell me to... Yeah, exactly. Don't tell me to revisit Thor the Dark World uh, because it might be one of the better Marvel movies uh, when I know you're lying. Um, but anyway, rant over. PSA done. Um, I hope it does not come to any of our mentions on Game Vault for any weird video games. But Jen, um, you live with a man that loves turtles. I do. Um, how did you? How did you like the video? <laughs> um, so this was a game that I've actually played before, which usually doesn't happen a lot with Retro Roulette, which I love playing new games. But this was one that I loved, and I already had played it. Um, but like Tom said, um, and you might have also said this. Um, most of my experience with this game came from arcade playing and playing with someone else. So this was the first time that I ever played it by myself. Um, I didn't play it a ton because I played it before and I already knew how I felt about it, about it. Um, But I got to scene four before I stopped, if that says anything. Um, And as Tom said, I play as Donatello all the time. He's my favorite because of the bow staff, which as he also mentioned, is really helpful for keeping enemies at a safer distance And you also don't have to get in too close to hit an enemy either, which is helpful, especially when you're facing some of the bosses. Yeah. Um, I think if you're playing a single player specifically, he's probably the best one to play as for that reason. Um, Unless, like you said, there's another um, turtle that eventually has a better special move than he does. I'm not sure. I'm not a turtle professional. So maybe when Dan listens to this, he could weigh in on that too. But yeah, the, um, one, the one thing I know is that Raphael's faster, and for some people, that's better. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. Um, so this is a game I really enjoy playing. Um, it's something that I find is really easy to pick up and just play when you want to play something, and it's not hard to put it down when you're done with it, you know? Um, I definitely prefer playing with other people because I just simply think it's more fun to play with somebody else. Um, like I said, most of my experience with this game was in an arcade playing with Dan and that's, it's, it's just extra fun to do that in my opinion. Um, but I mean, overall, I really like the music, the sound effects, the simple fact that this is a button masher. Um, it could be a button masher or it could be something where, you know, every single, you know, move like more of a fighting game style. Um, 
it doesn't get too difficult to play in single player mode, which is appreciated. Um, there are definitely moments where if you're playing by yourself, especially you can get overwhelmed by, um, you know, a lot of enemies at once. But I think the controls are easy enough where you can maneuver through crowds by yourself and have a decent chance. Yeah. Um, the most annoying enemies so far that I've come across in single mode anyway, or single player mode are the robots that like shoot the lasers and the electric ropes at you. I think if there's a lot of them at once, like four of them, it's really tough um, to be doing that by yourself. But overall, like the difficulty level, in my opinion, was not at that level where some games are just like, I can't play this because it's too hard. And it's, it's like frustratingly hard. It's not like yeah. bionic, bionic commando hard, where for me, I was like, I have to beat this no matter the yeah. cost. Like some games just make me want to punch a hole through my computer screen. And that was not this game, which is great. Um, yeah. yeah, the 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 tough part or the, I would say, the difficulty spike where it tells you if you're a good single player or not is spike the boss at the end of the prehistoric level. Okay. Um, because you have to hit him in the back. So um, you have to know how to avoid his attack and hit him, you know, with a jump attack or something. Mm-hmm. Um to get him in the hit, and if you're not good at doing that as a single player, he's just going to destroy you. Yeah, um, that makes and sense. you know, rip through your lives. Um, with two players, you can you can sort of flank them right. and make them kind of easy um, to deal with. But yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, was that Jim? Was that one of the arcade games at that uh, arcade house that we went to? Is that Turtles in Time there, or was that the arcade game Turtles? Do you no, that was Turtles in Time, I believe. Yes, yeah, okay. it was Turtles in Time. Yeah, I couldn't remember how old school they went with that stuff because I was playing Punch-Out on the Nintendo machine, so. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but, yeah, for me, do you have anything else before I, I don't mean to nope. you off? That okay. was that was it. Yeah, so for me, um, I, as I as I said on stream and play through stream, I got up the spike, and that was basically the end on normal. Um, and then I beat it, um, you know, on easy um, with, like, uh, seven lives and five continues or three. Con- the fun part about easy um, is when you go to easy, it actually lessens your continues. Um, oh. So, uh, yeah, you go to easy, it's only three continues. Um, so I put it up to seven lives, and I made it through. Dang, uh, I wish but, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah I, I totally forgot that that was a thing until I watched Mark do it. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> can do the lives thing at any level, um, but the continues is... If you do hard, you get seven continues. You do medium normal you get five you do easy you get three um so i i wonder if having seven lives and seven continues um or i have to go back or or maybe if one of you do it at some point um check real fast to see if changing the lives to seven is what reduces the continues and not the um which would be wild if that's what happens um but i think it has to do with skill level but anyway so i beat it on easy and you get to the end and it does the most 90s video game thing, you know, um, macho alpha thing where Splinter goes, only real turtles beat this on normal. <laughs> and you're like, oh. damn. Well, it's something equivalent. I think he says, like, oh, you seem to have done okay. Now test your turtle skill at normal. And I'm uh, like, oh, you're telling me, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not, you're not turtle enough. Um, definitely not turtle enough for the turtles game. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you know, you know. Uh, so, um, yeah, the the game was relatively not easier on easy. You just didn't get hurt as much when you got hit. Uh, so um, still had to survive some things. 
The fun thing I didn't know, and I don't think either of you got this far in a while, but when you fight, I think it's Rocksteady and Bebop um, on the pirate ship. Um, if you kill one, it kills the other. Like, they share a health bar, even though it comes up as two separate health bars um, on the bottom. And I didn't know that because I killed the one. I was like, all right, time for number two. And then all of a sudden, the health bars went away. Yep. And I was like, what's going on here? Um, but, yeah, I love this game. Um, I played the arcade game more, Turtles 2, on the NES, um, just because I owned that one. Um, yeah, Turtles in Time was my friend's game who had the Super Nintendo first. Um, he had Turtles in Time, so we'd play over there. But in terms of single player and all that, arcade game was more the one I played on my own. So this was a newer experience. I've only done it once or twice before playing single player, and it was fun. Um, I gotta say... I thought I was going to go play the new Turtles game. Oh, man, I was just playing the old Turtles game. But the new one does everything this one does and better. Um, and adds in some of the, um, you know, uh, you know this, this Scott Pilgrim-esque stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what this game reminded me of is that that genre of games from, like, I would say be like 88 to 95-ish before um, PlayStation 1 came out where your, you know, your Streets of Rages, your Double Dragon, um, your River City Ransoms and things like that, like that beat-em-up genre, Final Fight, um, were just really, really good and probably some of my best memories playing video games um, because it was one you could just play with your friends and it didn't matter how good you were at the game or not. Um, and um, you could never have to beat it um, and still have a ton of fun. So... This reminded me of, oh, I wish there were some games like that nowadays. It didn't try to do more on top of it, um, which is why I love Scott Pilgrim and, you know, the new Turtles game is they're just doing what they have to do, making it longer, you know, as they have to do so that people don't complain. This is a three hour game and I pay 40 bucks for it. Um, you know, when you can obviously tell that they didn't grow up with the NES and SNES when those games were 50 to 70 dollars and you can beat them in an hour. Um, but yeah, yeah. Going back to Turtles in Time, highly recommend it. Probably the best of the Turtles beat 'em up games, um, or Turtles games in general. Um, yeah, in my uh, opinion, it's probably the yeah. best Turtles game out there. Yeah. Granted, the new one gives it a run for its money because of of uh, quality of life changes, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I do think that uh, this still, I think, still outdoes it. Yeah, and the the thing this one does is, I guess if you had like an, a, a multi-tap or whatever it was called for the SNES, you could play four um, players. But what this does is by limiting it to two, it still keeps the challenge alive of playing through it. Whereas on the new game, when you play four to six, it becomes easy um, because they can't really scale up the enemies that much because then it would be too many sprites or you know enemies on the screen. Um, at once, so you have like six people beating up like eight foot soldiers, and it just becomes ridiculously <laughs> um, easy. Um, so that is one that is one difference between the games that keeps Turtles in Time fun because you still get that rush of adrenaline, you know, uh, of the challenge of beating that game. Um, and it and this game does, and the new game uh, brings it back. But the idea of enemies blinking colors when they're dying um, is still one of my favorite things. Like they, you know, either turn red or start blinking red when you know you're almost they're almost dead. Um, so yeah, this game's a ton of fun. Highly recommend it. You know, you can go to your Uncle Vim or, you know, it's probably 
I think it's on the Nintendo Switch Online. Um, it is. Yeah. So uh, I would also recommend archive.org. Archive.org. Yes. Yeah. Just anywhere you need to anywhere you need to go to get those games. Um, go check it out if you haven't already. If you love turtles, or if, if you have a way to set it up to where you can play with your kid, if you have a kid that loves the new turtle stuff, it could be a way for you both to get into something. But they may be better off playing the new game. But it is definitely one of those that you can sit down and have fun or a bonding moment with somebody. Um, so yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's do our scores real fast. Um, we'll go in order of talking. Tom, what are you giving it? Four point five. Yeah. There's yeah. it's it's very close to perfect, but I it's not one hundred percent perfect for me. Yeah, Jen? I agree with Tom. I was going to give it a 4.5 as well. Um, you know, there's just little things that hold it back from being a perfect 5 for me, but this game is amazing. I'd recommend it to literally anyone, especially if you have a group of friends that you want to, you know, even so far as button mash with for a little yeah. while. Just pick it up, give it a try. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's hard to it's hard to find something that beats this one for me. Yep. So I'm 4 out of 5, 4, 4.5 as well. Um, I think my reasoning behind it not being a perfect five is I really have an allergy to games that make you beat it at a higher level to see the full ending. I it's it's sort of the thing where I guess nowadays are better about it because, you know, you know, people with disabilities and stuff like that, you know, should be able to see the end of games as well. They're just as much of gamers as anyone else. Um, and playing those games at a higher difficulty, you know, would be tougher for them so i just i just really dislike games to do that um at any time where um i think the one that frustrated me the most was um at least with this one they let you go all the way to the final boss and not like uh what was it the jungle book where they literally took away a thing that would make help you advance yeah um, i remember well, that yeah it's like going through and going there has to be how do you make this we yeah online, it was like oh there's a rope there if you're not on easy yeah that's that's ridiculous <laughs> just i i hate games like that so um the half a point takes it off because you know the rest of the game is probably five or above but i just mm -hmm. i just don't like when they do that um so yeah so let's uh let's get ready and spin that wheel ah so uh this week jen you're going mm -hmm. to be very happy with this um it is a game where you play a durgan you were playing Spyro um, for the PlayStation 1. Love it. Um, yeah, so maybe a slightly controversial opinion, but my thought is I believe the first one might be the only good one of the three. I, that's a very controversial opinion because most people yeah. would say the second and third ones are way better. <laughs> yeah, maybe I haven't played the second and third ones. So take it at that. Grain of salt on me here. Um, also, a guy that didn't really play much Spyro, so don't listen to me. Um, unless if you like my opinions on games, absolutely listen to me. <laughs> the other two games stink. Um, anyway, hey, uh, looking forward to this. Unfortunately, there's no like modern game that, that matches up with, unless we look on the news randomly over the weekend or like Spyro's coming to Fortnite. Well, I mean, uh, Spyro did get his did get a re-release, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll be playing that on Monday or. Um, I will, unless if Jen wants to take over the stream and play a Durgan's game. But either way, somebody will be playing it on Monday um, here. And then, um, yeah, uh, we'll be back um, on Wednesday and Thursday. Hopefully, you know, summer is a little rough, but, you know, um, always know that we'll be there on a Monday for sure. 
And then the rest of the week is up in the air. Who knows? Um, but we thank you all for listening. We had a lot of fun conversation today. Um, I got to finally get off my chest about Neon White. Um, it's one of the two things in my head or my chest, however you want to call it, that I need to start yelling at people for um, or at. Um, the other one is the spoiler cast we're keeping in the back for when um, uh, Horizon Forbidden West comes to PC. Yep. Um, but yeah, it felt good to get this off. And then I love the conversation about E3 and, and all that stuff. So yeah. yeah, I like when we have a show like this that, you know, there's no real slow points in my opinion. So thank you everyone listening. Um, we'll be back in two weeks um, with another podcast here. Um, you can follow us um, on Twitter at GameBallPod. We're on Twitch at twitch.tv slash GameBallPod. Um, we're also an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. Um, you can go there for any of your retro stuff. Um, or even, I think they do some new stuff there as well, um, but not as much. Uh, but you'll always find something um, if you're into uh, the retro scene um, when you go there. Um, so be sure to uh, click the link um, that we have. I believe it's in the description and on our Twitter, on our Twitch page. Um, and, you know, give us a little kickback. So uh, fancy this up a little bit more. So for Tom and Jen, I'm Mark, and we'll see you next time. Bye.